And let's get started. Father, we thank you and praise you today. We give you glory, give you honor. We bless this day. We thank you for this day you've made. And we thank you for your grace and your strength to bring us through this day. We just thank you for the angels protecting us and directing us and guiding our footsteps. In this uh, season of rest and shutdown, we pray that you would have your way. Even in this Bible study today, even in this word that we share today, we pray that your grace and will be sufficient, that uh, those that have ears to hear will hear the word of God, is able to save their soul. We give you praise and glory and honor this evening. Bless every member, bless the body of Christ, bless the believers around the world, and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, welcome. I'd like to welcome all of our viewers around the world. Uh, I'd like to send a shout out to Pastor Henry in Liberia that texted me this morning just said to say thank you. The encouraging words you've been helping you get through this coronavirus shutdown has been encouraging to you in Liberia and the uh, pastor in Uganda and Pakistan and India and all the pastors that have been checking in and Sri Lanka. We, we welcome you tonight. I'm going to uh, pick up tonight <clears throat> on part three of, uh, of our study we've been doing on Tuesday night. I've been sharing a word of God from 2016, a prophetic word, and when God was speaking about returning to the Lord, that the body of Christ and the believers and the backsliders need to return. It's a prophetic word. 2016 is the year return. It's the year uh, 2016 was seventh, the uh, 70th. 50 Jubilee, 50 year Jubilee. Israel, be, uh, uh, 1947, uh, became a nation. That was the 49th. And now, 50 years later, 2016 is the 70th. And so when we speak the prophetic word, I've spoken in 2016. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come to pass in 2016. But we're seeing the manifestation of what we've been speaking about and what's getting ready to happen that's happening in the earth. God is really speaking to the body because uh, he wants people to return. Uh, you left the church, you left uh, uh, for various reasons, and God is calling nations to return to him. Every nation is shut down, the economies are shut down because of this coronavirus. So we want to go into a study tonight. Uh, um, I'm going to start off <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 8 through 10. Uh, this is a familiar scripture. Uh, Jeremiah had prophesied to the children of Israel for years and years, they were rebellious. They didn't want to listen to what God had to say. So he said, you're going into captivity for 70 years. So I want to pick up in Jeremiah 29 about returning to the Lord, about uh, what the process is to return to the Lord. This is important because a lot of people quote Jeremiah 29, 11, but they don't read verse 8 through 10 first before they quote this word. Jeremiah 29, 8 says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your false prophets and your diviners who are in the midst of you deceive you. Pay no attention and attach no significance to your dreams which you dream or theirs. So God is saying, don't pay any attention to the dreams. You know, we can, we can dream some dreams and we think God's speaking and uh, God's uh, talking to us and God said, don't pay no attention to these dreams that you're dreaming and to the False prophets that say you're going to be all right and nothing's going to happen. Verse 9 says, For they prophesy 
falsely to you in my name. <clears throat> and we've found out over the last 10, 15 years, a lot of people prophesying and God didn't say it. Look at verse 10, though. This is, what, this, is the, this is the key to verse 11 when people say, I know the plans I have for you. Verse 10 says, For thus saith the Lord, when, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and keep good promise to you, my promise to you, causing you to return. And many people quote the, uh, verse 11, but God said there's a process you're going to go through. You rebelled, you were stubborn, you were disobedient, and you're going into captivity. And you're going to go into captivity for 70 years. So in the use you crying, in the use you saying, I, I had a dream, and in the you saying that, oh, the Lord said we ain't going. God said, you're going for 70 years. He said, but I'm going to bring you back after your trial, after your testing, after your period of probation, a period of, of, of uh, your rebellion to get rebellion out of you. So then he said in verse 11, then he said in verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. So God was saying, I know the thoughts that I have for you, but right now, my thoughts are that you're going into captivity and you ain't coming out for 70 years. So you might as well go ahead. And then when they went into captivity, Jeremiah sent them word later on. We read that we talked about it last week in, in, in section in part two. He said, build your houses in this land, marry in this land, seek the peace of this land, pray for the land, uh, uh, pray that your, the, 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 your captors will have mercy on you and have great compassion on you and uh, would treat you kindly. He said, but you're going to stay there for 70 years, so you might as well go ahead and build. Don't be sitting in tents and say, oh, woe is me. He said, live your life because you're not coming out until 70 years are up. So uh, don't complain. Live your life. We're not coming out of this coronavirus that God says he's coming out, bringing us out. And I go on to say in Haggai chapter 2, as we said that, that 2016, we were being released to possess kingdoms, to possess the mountains of the Lord, the mountains of society. We're being uh, released in this jubilee to begin to possess again. When they had jubilee, everybody came back to their family possession, whatever, that they sold a possession or if they rented it out or whatever, everybody came back to Zion to their inheritance. Uh, everything was forgiven. Every debt was forgiven. The land was returned to them. Everything started all over. And we're here on the cusp in America. We're getting ready to see restoration and jubilee and release of finances, uh, release of, of debt. Nations, even 80 nations right now, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, they're releasing the debt of 80 nations right now. They're saying, you, you don't owe us anything. It's, you, you're broke. You're never going to be able to pay us. We give you jubilee. Haggai 2 verse 2 says, Now speak to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Hear this. Now he's, he's telling the prophets, Speak to the government, the governor, speak to the priest, and speak to the people. So three people were addressed in this. God was making sure he covered all bases. He said, no, who is left among you that saw the house in her first glory? How do you see it now? How do you see the church now? How do you see the economy now? How do you see the nation now? 
Is it not in your eyes comparison of it was nothing? We were humming alone. The, the economy, the, the unemployment was down 3%. Now it's going up to 16%. Everything is stopped. He said, now yet be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. So this is a prophetic word. Be strong, government of America. Be strong, church of America. Be strong people in America, saith the Lord of hosts, and work, for I'm with you, saith the Lord of hosts. So he said, we got to work. We just can't lay down and just not do it, but we got to regain and, and, and go back to work. Verse 5 says, according to the promise that I covenant with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit stands and abides in the midst of you. Fear not. Don't fear. Fear not. We're in a place of coronavirus. It's fear. He said, don't fear. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once more, in a little while, I will shake and make tremble the starry heavens, the earth, the sea, the dry land, and I will shake all nations. This, this word of God is coming to pass right now. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Every nation has been shut down by the Lord. The sea is roaring. The, the, the Fukushima uh, radiation leak has killed thousands and thousands of mammals, sea animals uh, of coming towards California. The, 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 the Floods and tsunamis and the earth is trembling and then we're seeing the comets flying by the earth and they're afraid the comets breaking up and it may hit the mirror, hit the earth and all kind of crazy stuff is going on. God said, I'm shaking kingdoms. He's shaking the seven mountains of the Lord. He's shaking the entertainment industry. He's shaking the uh, uh, education industry. He's shaking the political industry. He's shaking all of the different uh, education. He's shaking everything that's being shaken. He said, I'll shake the nations and the desire... And the precious things of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with splendor, said the Lord of hosts. If you go to Isaiah, it says, Isaiah 61, it says, The rise shine for the glory has come upon you. And the substance and the force of the Gentiles shall come in uh, in the end time. So he said, the, and he's speaking to this. He said, I'm going to fill my house. And then he said in verse 8, he just said, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. In other words, he's saying, I don't care about your paper money. I'm in the gold and silver. I own the earth. That's, that's what the precious, precious is. Uh, uh, America's printing uh, $8, 10000000000000 trillion. Uh, they're talking about in the next tranche of money. They're going to print up $10 trillion to get everything back on even keel in the earth realm. Uh, but that's nothing back in it. That's just paper money that they just come out of pitting out of thin air and say, here, you can have some money. Here, you can have $1,200 a month. It has nothing behind it. But watch the shift that's going to take place. The economy is going to be restored. And watch nations go back to substance or the minerals of the earth will equate the value of each nation. It'll be an equal playing field. And they'll go back to the gold standard. God said, verse 9, the latter glory of this house with its successor to which Jesus came shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in the place I will give peace 
and prosperity, said the Lord of hosts. So while you're uh, listening to this tape, God said return, but there's a plan. The plan is you're going to have peace. You're going to have prosperity. It's going to be greater than we ever seen before. He said, I had to shut the church down. I had to get everybody out of the church, get rid of the, the we'll get into some of the scriptures, why he had to do that in order to bring the glory of the latter house. It's going to be glorious. We can't do what we were doing before. And I posted over the last month or so that the plumb line, prophets are called to bring a plumb line, and the prophets never, ever move the plumb line. When the builder builds, the plumb line is a set line, and the foundation and the bricks and everything has to line up with the plumb line. The plumb line is straight. If the, if the prophet moves the plumb line this way, then when you build a house, it's going to be leaning that way. So you got to, the plumb line is the prophet. He gives the word of God. He doesn't turn left or right. It's the word of God, and, and that's the plumb line. And so God's building a, a house not made with hands. He's building his kingdom, but it's according to God's pattern. Amos 7, verse 7 says, Amos said, thus the Lord showed me, and behold, the Lord stood on the wall and made by a plumb line with the plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what you see, what thou seest, what seest thou? And he said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not again pass by them any more. Verse 10 says of Ezekiel, he said, God said, I'm not going to pass by them. And if, you, uh, if we go back to Amos 7, let me just look at that real quick. Because uh, uh, God said, I'm going to sweep away the refuge of lies. Amos 7 verse, I read verse 8. He said, I will not pass by again. Verse 9 says, and the high places of Isaac will be desolate. And the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. God said the sanctuary is closed, the church is closed. And God said, I will rise the sword against Jeroboam. Jeroboam had set up the golden calves in Jerusalem to keep the people from going and worship in Jerusalem. So he set up golden calves. God said, I'm going to come bring the sword against idolatry in the nation. And so America is full of idolatry. Everybody's getting tattoos in their ears, their nose, tattoos and nose piercings and piercings here and all kind of strange looks, all kind of idolatry, worshiping Satan, worshiping Baal, worshiping Bethlehem, worshiping uh, Satanic Illuminati, all of this stuff God said, I'm going to deal with. Ezekiel goes on to say, about returning, Ezekiel 13, 10 says, because, even because they have seduced my people, saying, peace, peace, and there was no peace. One built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it with untipper mortar, saying to them which daubed it with untipper mortar, that it shall fall, and that it shall be overflowing shower, and ye, ye, and ye, O great hailstones, shall fall, and stormy winds shall tear it down. God said, if you don't build your Christian walk on the foundation of Jesus Christ, if you build, the Bible says, the apostles and prophets are to lay the foundation, and then the scripture says, told the believer, be careful how you build upon that your spiritual house. 
If you don't build your spiritual house on the word of God, if you don't build it on the truth of his word, if you build it on lies, what we call untempered mortar or, or, or religious sayings and religious clues and, and God's going to bless you and God's going to give you a house and, and but you're not following, you're not even tithing, you're not even giving offerings, you don't even come and worship but God's going to bless you, that's untempered mortar. You know, you found, your, 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 your foundation is crooked. Your pastor should have taught you the the foundations of faith, of baptism, of laying on the hands of the presbytery, of, of faith, and all of the doctrines of the Bible to lay a foundation in you and, and, and uh, deal with your flesh and circumcise your heart. And so I, 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 I got a call from one of my sons this morning, spiritual sons this morning, and seen him in 15 years, whatever, and he gave me a prophetic word, but he was rebellious way back when. And I had made him a minister, and he wanted to turn in his minister. I said, no, you can't turn in. The giftings of callings of God are without repentance. And I wouldn't let him quit. And now he's out prophesying the word of the Lord. You cannot build on untempered mortar. So when you return to the Lord, you got to return to the word of God. you got to return and get into the word. And then we said in 2016 that it was a year of instruction, wisdom, skill, and understanding to dispossess and take nations. So now God has cleared, pulled all everything down. The church has to come in line, like the prophet said. The prophet came to the governor, he came to the priest, and he came to the people. Now that God has torn everything down, you need to get together. Government needs to get together with the church and with the prophet and begin to build new systems and new structures for the prosperity that's going to come into the earth and come into the church. We got to do it God's way because we're setting up for the dispensation of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so now it's time to prepare to build a spiritual kingdom for the next thousand years. Exodus 31 verse 2 says, see, I've, and God will give you wisdom and instruction on how to build his house. And, and, and the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the new. And in, in, in Exodus 31 2, he says, see, I've called the name Beziel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to build in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones to set them and in carving timber and to work all manner of workmanship. In other words, God took two guys. Verse 6 says, And behold, I've given him Aholiab, the son of Ahasmiak, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that may make all that I have commanded, that they may make all that I have commanded. Listen, God's going to do a supernatural kingdom, uh, Windows 90, Windows 12 download into certain believers in this hour with supernatural wisdom, supernatural instruction, supernatural cunning and know-how, supernatural. See, we just need to wait on God. He's going to show us how to build his kingdom. We tried to build the kingdom with untempered mortar. We had youth programs and children church and, and teenage church and, and, and single moms church and single women's church. And, and everybody, we had a section off, oh, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And we sectioned off the church and we had all these different programs and all this different stuff for the children to learn. And we didn't teach them the word of God. 
We need to teach them the word of God, the foundation of the word of God. And so God said, I'm going to download wisdom in this hour. So when you, we return to the Lord, God's going to do supernatural. Now we said in, in, the, in the 2016, the, the word uh, or God sees, it means, it means a peg, a secure nail, a spear. Uh, God said, in this hour is going to be the final blow to our enemies, the final blow to Satan. See, Satan knows and heard the prophet say God's going to accelerate the glory. He's going to accelerate the, the kingdom. He's going to accelerate Jubilee. He's going to accelerate the harvest. And so Satan said, let me get in and accelerate a plague. Let me accelerate destruction. Let, my time is getting short. I need to destroy what I can destroy. An example of that, you can read it in Judges 4, verse 21 and 23. Uh, it was a, Israel was in battle. God had told uh, 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 Barak uh, to, to uh, uh, go and fight. And he was sitting up on the mountain. And he said, Barak, didn't I tell you? And he had 10,000 men. And Barak told Deborah, if you don't go, I ain't going. And God said, seeing how you don't want to do what I told you to do, I'm going to give the woman a victory over over the uh, over." Uh, Caesarea, because Caesarea was a great army. They had the chair, arms of chariot and they had big spears sticking out the wheels and they would mow down the enemy and they, nobody can stop these iron chariots. And God said, I'm going to stop them. And God caused rain to come and the chariot got stuck in the mud. But in Judges 4 verse 21, then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail, a sick nail in the tent and took a hammer in her hand, went softly unto him, smote the nail into his temples, Fastened it to the ground, and he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. She gave him milk, he went to sleep, and then the woman went in there and put a nail. That's what God said, I'm going to nail the devil. I'm going to nail him and secure him in a, a dead place. The enemies that have faced you, the enemies that have chased you, the enemies that have dogged you all these years, I'm going to nail him to the floor. I'm going to put a nail in him, and you're going to defeat your enemies. So behold, as Barak pursued such a jail, came out to meet him and said, come, see what, and I'm going to show you the man whom you seeketh. When he came to her tents, behold, Sesra lay dead and the nail was in his temples. Isaiah, Isaiah talks about, Isaiah 41 and 43 talks about, you shall seek them, your enemies, but you shall not find them. Barak was chasing, looking for seeking after Sesra and he couldn't find him because God had already taken care of the battle. God had already killed him. So God subdued them in, in that end. So as God was rebuking the children of Israel and said, return to me, return to me. He had raised up all the prophets were prophesying the same thing. Return to the Lord. Zechariah 10 verse 3 says, my anger, God said, my anger was against the shepherds. Now here's God said, I'm going to deal with the church who are not true shepherds. And I'll punish the goat leaders. I prophesied this the last week, put it on Facebook. God said, I'm going to prophesy, I'm going to separate the goat leaders from the sheep. And the Lord of hosts has visited his flock, the house of Judah, and I will make him as a beautiful and majestic horse in the battle. So God's getting ready to turn the sheep into horses of battle. He's getting ready to turn meek, meek and lowly Christians into warriors, into warfare. He said, I'm going to punish the goat. If you, if you study sheep, a lot of times shepherds will, will have goats and sheep together as a flock. And because goats don't eat sheep. Goats get into everything, but they don't eat sheep as a serious Sunday. And so God said, I'm going to separate the goat nations from the sheep nations. I'm going to separate those nations that have been calling out on my name from those nations that have been cursing my name. 
and judgment is going to come on those nations. He said, out of him, Judah shall come forth a cornerstone. Out of him, a, the tent peg. The tent peg. Out of him, the bow, battle bow. Every ruler shall proceed from him. And they shall be like mighty men treading down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. And they shall fight because the Lord is with them. The oppressors' riders on horses shall be confounded and put to shame. All of those that have been on the mainstream news and, and out there riding in the Antifa and all of these people, the, the far left that has been wanting abortion and wanting uh, free money and wanting free sex and wanting free drugs. God said, I'm going to raise up an army to deal with these wicked spirits and, and people. I'm going to raise up an army that will tread their enemies. There's a, that we're at the precipice right now where the God will judge a nation or bring the glory in the nation. So as we are praying and reflecting and returning to the Lord, God said, I'm going to raise up a mighty church in this hour. God even in the midst of the coronavirus, is our security. Even though you're going through, even though you may not, the government may not be giving you food, you're going to see these next weeks, the next two weeks, three weeks, supernatural provision coming to your house, supernatural provision coming into your hand, supernatural provision coming to your family and to your loved ones and to your members of your church. Zechariah 10 verse 6 says, I will strengthen the house of Judah and I will save the house of Joseph. What was Joseph? Joseph uh, stayed in prison and then Joseph came out and he had rule over all of Egypt. He had, he had wisdom. I got a teaching on, on, on the wisdom of Joseph on, on, on handling finances in this end times. The house, God said, I'm going to strengthen Judah. Judah is the place of prophetic worship. Judah is the place of apostolic praise. Judah is the house, the remnant, the remnant of God. He said, I'll bring them back and cause them to dwell securely for I have mercy and loving kindness and compassion for them. They shall be as though I had not cast them off. Look, for I am the Lord that God, I will hear. God said, I'm going to wipe away all the frustration that you went through with this coronavirus. You ain't going to remember it. You ain't going to remember what you went through. He said, I'm going to wipe it away. I'm going to cast it off. You, I'm going to bless you so much you're not going to worried about what you went through. Verse 7 says, Then Ephraim, the ten tribes, shall become like a mighty warrior. Their hearts shall rejoice as through wine. Yes, their children shall see it, rejoice. Their hearts shall feel great delight, glory, triumphantly in the Lord. There's going to be some shouting going on when God gets through with, with the nations. Isaiah talks about Israel. He said the same thing. He said, I will fashion him like a peg or a nail in a firm place, and he will become a throne of honor and glory to his house, and they shall hang on him the honor of the whole weight of responsibility for his father's house. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. God was prophesying about Jesus coming. He will be secure. He will never be moved. He will be a secure peg that every family will be hung on him. All Everything will be... You have responsibility for them, uh, the offspring, the issue of the family, the high, the low, every small vessel, even the cups, even all the flasks, even the bulging bottles. In the day, said the Lord of hosts, the nail or peg that was fashioned into the secure place shall give away and be moved and hewn down and fall. And the burden that was upon it shall be cut off for the Lord has spoken it. So that's Isaiah 22, verse 23 to 25. God's talking about I'm going to secure, in a secure place, the church. In Numbers 25, when he said return, when you return, you're spared from the curses in the, in the wall. Numbers 25, 7, 8 says, when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, 
the son of Aaron, the priest saw it. He rose up among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand. He went after the man of, of Israel into the tent, thrust both of them through the man of Israel, the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. God had broke out on the children of Israel. The plague had come through. God had called Aaron and Moses to the tent of meeting. The pillar cloud was over the, over the tent. And he was rebuking Israel. He was rebuking them for the complaining. They murmuring and complaining. Uh, you left us out here to die. We're sick of this manna. We want meat. We want this. You ain't got no water. Who you think Moses is? God hears from us. And God got tired of it. And, and, the, and the plague broke out on it. And while God was rebuking them, here comes uh, 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 a man and a woman with a prostitute walking in front of Moses while God's rebuking him. He's taking this prostitute into his house and Phineas saw it and he went in with a spear and stabbed them both in the tent. And I say that because 57767 is also a number of the spear or the sword. And we said it was a spear that you're going to spear your enemies. You're going to uh, put uh, a nail in the enemies uh, and secure them into the ground and seven. So we're in the year now, five, seven, eight, zero. Five is grace. Seven is still the spear. Eight is new beginning. So we're at the 2020 at the new beginning of something that's beginning, beginning, uh, going to be happening new. And so God said, when we return to him, he'll make the, our enemies powerless. Our enemy will be powerless over us. Uh, in First Samuel, we, I'm not going to, for the sake of time, First Samuel 26 talked about Saul was chasing David, and David uh, went to the cave and was hidden, hiding in the cave, and, and Saul came there, and uh, his servant said, why don't you, while, you, while Saul is asleep, go over there and kill him, and David said, no, I can't touch my anointed, and so David took his spear and his water and, and, and got away from there, and then he called out to Saul and said, see, if I really wanted to kill you, I could have killed you. But the Lord said, don't touch, I can't touch God's anointing. But even when he did that, he was convicted in his heart because he took Saul's spear and his water. And that was even a conviction on David. David's heart was pure before God. And so God in this time of returning wants your heart pure toward him. He wants you to return with all of your mind, all your strength, all your heart. You'll make your enemies powerless when you return with a pure heart. God will cause you to do exploits and deal with the spirit of Belial, the lying spirit, rebellion, wickedness, liars, false accusers. We're seen on mainstream news, ABC, NBC, uh, CNN. All of these people have been speaking false news or not giving the whole truth or not sharing the whole truth of the word or what news, what it is. And God said, I'll deal with Belial. Belial was wicked spirits. Belial were the men that Jezebel hired to come in and lie against Nabal to take his vineyard. They brought men of Belial before him and said, y'all, he, he blasphemed against the king. And they killed Nabal and they took his line. And we saw when they tried to get Judge Kavanaugh, they tried to get him up. They raised up women to come in and lie, the spirit of Belial, to lie against him to, from something 36 years ago to keep him from being a, a judge, a righteous judge in the nation. So God said, I'll build with Belial, these type of spirits in the House of Representatives, in Senate, not only in America, but in, in, in uh, Uganda, Nigeria, and in India. They're wicked politicians. 
God said, I'm dealing with the nations. I'm shutting them down, and I'm going to deal with these wicked men of Belial. He said, uh, uh, verse 6 of 2 Samuel 23 says, But the sons of Belial shall be of them as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man that shall touch them shall be fenced in with iron and the staff of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. In other words, he's saying that it's like dealing with Belial is like dealing with a rose bush. You ever try to dig up a rose bush? Even with gloves on, you're going to get stuck trying to handle those branches. And so he said, if you're going to deal with Belial, you better put on a knight's armor and a spear to deal with that type of spirit. He said, you don't want to touch them, so you got to get you a rake or a shovel or something that you don't touch them with your hands. Something metal that won't prick you or stick you. But these men are so wicked. And so he said, we will deal with your false accusers. We're going to deal with those liars and their wickedness. God said, I'm cleaning it out of the church. I'm cleaning it out of the governments. Your, when you return to the Lord, your, your, your salvation is secured. 1 Peter 1, 18. For as much as you know you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish, without spot. You were redeemed when you repent and return. God washes you in the blood of Jesus. Your sins are in the sea of forgetfulness. Your sins are made white as snow. Your heart is cleansed. Your, 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 the, the enemy is destroyed in your life. You're drawn out of darkness and brought into the marvelous light of his gospel. So when you return to the Lord, your, your salvation is secured. You're covered in the blood. And when you're covered in the blood, the coronavirus uh, can't take you out of here. It can't kill you because Jesus said, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So you can't die unless it's on your, God's timetable. If you die of the coronavirus, it was on God's timetable. So don't worry about it. Some people die of car accidents. Some people are going to die in a plane. Some people are going to die of old age. Some people are going to die of heart attack. You notice that since the coronavirus, that people are not even coming, going to the hospital. They'd rather suffer through the heart attack than go there and let these people work on them. And so they're learning how to keep themselves still and not be uh, all tensed up. Because I, if I go there, they're going to put me on a machine and they're going to give me, drug me up and they're going to kill me. So I ain't going nowhere. So... Zechariah said that your, the security and prosperity of salvation in Zechariah 9, 12 to 14, he said, return, return to the church, return to the stronghold of security and prosperity. Return, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. So right now you're getting the unemployment. Right now you're getting a $1,200 check. Right now you may have been making $50,000 a year. God said, I'm going to restore double. Amen. I'm going to restore double. For I have bent Judah for myself as a bow. Sometimes you feel like, God, you're trying to go forward and feel like you're going backward. When you want to shoot an arrow, you got to pull it back first. And so fill up the bow of Ephraim as my arrow and will stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece. I will make you Israel as a sword of a mighty man. God said, well, hold on, hold on. Maybe I'll shut you down. 
I made you be still. I pulled you back. But when I release you to the nations, you're going to deal with Greece. You're going to deal with uh, 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 other nations. I'm going to shoot you forth as an arrow. You're going to go way beyond you even imagine a thought. When you return to the Lord and God said, I'm pulling you back. I'm having you sit forth. You're going to go forth. The, and the Lord shall be seen over them as his arrow shall go forth as lightning. You know, quick lightning go. Lightning moves. The, you see the flash of light. Light moves 100, what, 144,000 miles a second or something like that? Yeah. Lightning, speed of light is real fast. God is faster than the speed of light. To the nanosecond. That's why I said don't worry about nobody cutting your head off because just before that knife hit your neck, God will have you out of there. You won't feel a thing. To the nanosecond. That's how awesome he is. The Lord will blow the trumpet. The trumpet is the prophetic word being released and will go forth in the windstorms of the south. So God is speaking security and prosperity when you return to the Lord. He said, I'll send them forth as lightning. I'll shoot them as a bow going out of my, blow the trumpet as the prophetic word. He said, I'll shoot them forth as an arrow. If you do a study on the arrow in the Bible, arrow means words. The wicked shoot arrows at the righteous. Arrows are negative words, bad words, curses, and those are words. And so we speak the arrow of the Lord, which is sharp and powerful, than any two-edged sword piercing the body, son of soul, and spirit. Arrows are words. That's why you got to be careful what you say out of your mouth in 2020. Don't let negative words come out. That's why they got, I said on Facebook today, that's why they got you on a mask starting May 1st. Some of you need a mask to keep you from speaking negative words. We'll cover you up. Put a guard over your mouth, the scripture says, that I not sin against you. Hosea prophesied, he said, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn so that he may heal us. He has stricken that he may bind us up. After two days, he will revive us, quicken us, give us life. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. So we're in the prophetic time of the third day, the resurrection power of God, resurrecting the church, resurrecting the body of Christ, resurrecting the kingdom of God. Jesus already resurrected from the grave. The resurrection is here. He said, I'm the life and the resurrection. So we're in the third day. This is my daily bread. The Lord said, seek me, O house of Israel. Inquire for me and of me and require me as you require food. If you require me as you require food, you shall live. So while you're out there in those lines going to food pantries, you should be requiring the Lord even as you inquire food. That's how desperate you need to get in this hour. Return to the Lord and he will return to you. Return to the Lord. And he will bless you. Return to the Lord. And see, now I, I spoke this four years ago. Hang on. Kurt, is my uh, laptop on? Yeah. The sound is on? Is the sound on? No, turn the, the sound. I want to share with you. Uh, this just came out by uh, Prophet Jonathan Kane Khan. I preached this four years ago, but listen, what this, I'm going to just play this. It's eight minutes. I'm going to put it on the tape. Uh, turn on the laptop in the back. Keep that going. Don't turn it off. Okay. Just keep it on the overhead projector on the uh, screen. The picture. Right, on. All right, come on. Turn the sound system on. I need the laptop turned on.
Turn the sound system on? Turn this on. Oh. Yeah. We got to get the sound coming through. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are standing at a pivotal moment in I to listen history to this and world history. Video. A moment that can permanently seal our nation's course and the course of the world for good, for bad, for calamity, for redemption. America and much of Western civilization was founded on a biblical foundation stone, but it's turned away from that foundation. We have not only driven God out of our public life and have called what is good evil and what is sin good, but we have sacrificed the lives of over 60 million unborn children. And America's fall from God is not only progressing, it's accelerating to the point that it's no longer just a falling away, but a war against the purposes of God. I wrote in the harbinger of the signs of judgment that appeared in the last days of ancient Israel, warning of calamity, that these same signs of warning have now appeared on American soil. The biblical template concerning judgment is that the nation so warned is given a space of time to return or to head for judgment and calamity. We are now in that window of time. But if America continues on its present course, that window will come to an end, and there will come a flood that will begin the end of religious freedom, even usher in persecution, and seal America's fall. And if America falls, it will affect the entire world. This year, 2020, is crucial, as it leads to a presidential election in which the stakes are higher and the necessity of prayer more critical than ever before. And even if the election goes in the direction of biblical values and righteousness, if we don't see a spiritual turning, an awakening, a repentance, revival, then all the political, legal, judicial, and cultural efforts will ultimately fail or be undone. We have a window of time, and the purpose of that window is to return and for revival. Without that return, America will be lost. What can we do? What can you do? In the days following 9-11, people flocked to houses of worship, and it looked as if there could have been a spiritual revival, an awakening, but it never came, because there was no repentance. And without repentance, without a turning back, there can be no revival. But I have seen, once in my life, the hand of God change the course of American and world history. And it all began not in the halls of government, but with the people of God who gathered in a sacred assembly in our nation's capital with the scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. It can happen again. But if we don't respond now, at this most critical moment, we may never have the chance to do so again. Since the time of 9-11, I've been calling for return, for repentance, for revival, not only as individuals, but as a nation, according to 2 Chronicles 7.14. At the same time, a faithful man of God, Kevin Jessup, has for years carried the burden of a sacred assembly for that same purpose of restoration. We are convicted that now is the time. Therefore, this is the announcing of the return. 
the National and Global Day of Prayer and Repentance. It will be a day and more than a day, a time and a season for the movement for prayer, repentance, return, and revival. The central day will be Saturday, September 26th, in a sacred assembly, according to what is laid forth in Scripture, to take place in our nation's capital on the Washington Mall. For those who can't make it, or want to do something where you are, then gather together in your states, your cities, in your towns, in your houses of worship, in your homes, or be part of those gatherings already planned. This will take place not only 40 days before the presidential election, but also on the 400th anniversary of the sailing of the Mayflower, in the days of America's founding and dedication to God. And surrounding the day of return on September 26th will be 10 days, known from ancient times as the 10 days of repentance, starting with the Feast of Trumpets and ending on the Day of Atonement, to set as a special time to intensify our prayers, our intercessions for repentance and revival, September 18th to September 28th. Believers and leaders who are already part of the return include everybody from Pat Robertson to Dr. James Dobson, from Billy Graham's daughter Anne Graham Lotz to Martin Luther King's niece Alveda King, and many, many more. When does the return begin? Right now. How? With you and me as we commit this time and this year for return, prayer, repentance, and revival. To commit first to our own repentance and to begin actually living in revival. And then to pray for others, the return and revival of our nation and the world. You who are parents, begin by leading your families in revival. Ministers, lead your groups in revival. Pastors, lead your churches into revival. Leaders of ministries, movements and denominations, lead your people into revival and spread the word to everybody you can. Let the believers, pastors, and churches in your areas know. Use social media, use everything you can to spread the word so they can have a part. And if you're watching this and you're not sure you know God or that your life is in his will, then come to him now or come back to him now and then come join in in the return. So I invite you to come to the nation's capital on the Washington Mall, September 26, 2020. Plan now. You can rent buses, trains, cars, planes, however you can come, or gather wherever you are. And if you're watching this from a nation outside of America, you can be part of bringing the return to your nation by doing what I've set forth in this message and going to the return website for more information. I'll be sending out more messages as we go forth. But for now, for more information, to have a greater part, to represent the return in your area, or to stay up to date, if you're not already on that site, go to the website for the return, which is easy to remember. It's thereturnwebsite.org. That's thereturnwebsite.org. The Lord is calling. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their sinful ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. The movement and chance we have before us now may never come again. If we don't return now, we may pass the point of no return. So now, in view of the calling, and of the moment before us, let us each rise to that call 
to do what he has called us to do, to believe for great and mighty things we know not of, to return and seek to live in revival and become messengers of revival. It's time to break up our fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord as never before. It's time to return. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord. We end this message that they will return to the house of the Lord. Return, confess Jesus as Lord, repent of your sins, invite him into your heart with mouth confessions made into salvation. So return, come back now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Stop it back there. Hallelujah. You got to stop it back there, Kurt. Thank you, thank you. Glory to God. It's on now. Thank you, Amen. Thank you, pastors from around the world. Join us next week also uh, with a new uh, teaching. Uh, we're done with the return. You know you know the return. Come back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I'm done. Hallelujah. Thank you. See, uh, four years ago. And it's just now starting to manifest. Remember that, yeah. God gave us three weeks. And I said, well, he's keep preaching on return. <laughs> you don't return. Well. You get all the ones that don't want to hear.